Well, this morning I want to invite you, if you have your Bible app or your Bible, you can go ahead, if you would like, and turn to Philippians chapter 4. That's where we're going to be centering in here today as we come to study. We started last week um, a series called Reset, Aligning Our Whole Cells with God. And last week we talked specifically about our bodies And if you want to catch up on that, you can go online if you weren't here or if you didn't get to see it online. Um, I realize it was kind of a cold day for us, but you can catch up on that. We talked a lot about kind of the theology of body and how God would have us view those and align ourselves properly in that perspective. This morning, we're going to talk about our minds. Now, I don't know about you, but when I start the new year and I start evaluating um, what what I want to adjust in my life as I move into the next year... Um, you know, my body, those kind of things are kind of easier to think about. You know, I think about, do I want to lose weight? Do I want to gain weight? Do I want to get more sleep? Do I want to get less sleep? Anybody out there want less sleep? <laughs> Maybe not a lot of us. And, uh, you know, do I uh, need to exercise more? Um, so the body, it's kind of easier to think about how I want to do better at maybe taking care of that. Relationships are another one that maybe um, is a little easier. I can think, how do I want to improve my relationship with my spouse or my friends or some other people in our lives? We may also, it's probably fairly uh, normal that we think about our spiritual lives. What might I want to see grow in my relationship with God? Whether it's studying the Bible more, prayer, being more engaged in worship, um, serving other people. I mean, it could be a variety of things. But when we get to our minds, I think a lot of times, yeah, I think about what I want to grow in my mental capacity, what I might want to learn. But the area today I really want us to focus around our minds is do we spend much time thinking about our thoughts? What might need to be realigned and repositioned as I'm heading into the new year in regard to my thought life? And so today, I want us to look at Philippians chapter 4, 4 through 9. And in this text, I think Paul gives us some really good insight into what we should think about and how we think. So let's hear those words from Paul as he writes to the church of Philippi. He says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Let's pray. Lord God, as we come to your word this morning, I just pray that, God, you would help us to hear what you want us to hear. Help us, Lord, to be in alignment with what you want to do in and through our lives. We want to be, Lord, your faithful children that are growing ever in love with you and with those around us. God, I pray now that I would be out of the way and Jesus you would be seen and what is said and done would bring you glory and honor and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the context for this particular passage, Paul is writing to the church of Philippi and there have been a little bit of some disagreement that's been happening in the life of the church 
and some ways that the mental thinking has gotten out of alignment. And so Paul is really talking with the church about how to get their mindset realigned in a right way. Now, as we think about our minds, our minds are just amazing. I mean, this thing of our brain. I mean, I'm not a neuroscientist. I don't know or understand all and how it works. I don't think they, they don't even know yet how much capacity it really has and what kind of information we're told that we don't use all our brain. I mean, there's so much more that could be developed. The things that it could do are far vaster than maybe we fully understand but some things we do know is our brain is able to create plans. I mean, I mean, we've probably all sat down and thought through some pretty amazing things. I've come up with some really great ideas that if somebody would listen to me, we would solve the world's problems. I don't know if anybody's with me on that. You know, we can solve problems, um, really complex things. I mean, I'll be honest, I'm one of those eternal optimists. I look at the world and we have challenges that come and I just somehow believe that God through People can give wisdom and create things and continue to develop things to make things better no matter where we find ourselves. I also find that our brains help us make decisions. That's something we're doing on an ongoing basis whether we know it. We're making decisions whether they're negative or positive that ultimately then move us to action. So our brains, our minds, when we think about this whole thing of thoughts... Our thoughts aren't just some separate thing. They are integrated into our whole being. I mean, because they're coming through your brain, which is actually a piece of your body. They're influenced by the spirit, and then our thoughts are part of that. So all this is, you can't really separate it out. It's all part of this whole sense of our personhood, who God has made us to be. But today I want us to really think about resetting our minds and really evaluating kind of our thought life and how that might need to be thought through and put in proper perspective as we think about it. So the first thing this morning I think Paul teaches us is something that may not be earth-shattering, but Paul is telling us this very first thing. If we're going to reset our minds, we need to seek the mind of Christ. Basically, what he's saying is that really we want to think what Jesus wants to think. And we want to think like Jesus wants us to think. I mean, today as we sit in this space, is that a desire of our heart? Lord, I really want my mind to be lined up with you. I really want to think the way you want me ultimately to think. Now, Paul starts out here in this passage, and he starts out in his instruction, he says, rejoice. And he says, rejoice when? Always. He says, rejoice always all the time. Now, can I ask you, how many of you find yourselves, how many of you find yourselves rejoicing all the time? I mean, parents, do you always rejoice with your kids? Do you, in persons who work in a job, are you always so excited about your employer? Do we rejoice? Not always, right? It's not always easy. So Paul isn't giving us this pie-in-the-sky idea, but his, Paul, his instruction to the church is that he wants them to center their thoughts ultimately in God, even in the struggle. So he's saying, we all know we're going to have hard times come. Things are not always going to be easy. But he's saying, whatever you're going through, he's saying, basically, think about if you're encountering things that aren't good, then take a moment to ponder when you have experienced God's goodness. 
So when did you experience God's goodness? Right now, things aren't good, but I can look back and say, God was good here, and I can rejoice in that. Or what about if you're in a moment when you feel like God isn't trustworthy? I have prayed, and I've put it all out there, and it feels like God just isn't listening to me, and God's not holding up God's end of the deal. Stop and think, when has God been trustworthy? When did God live up to his promises in your life? And you say, I can remember back when it was that way here. And rejoice. Or when you experienced God's care. Maybe you're going through a moment when you don't feel like you're being very cared for. But it said, I remember when God has. And I can testify to that and I can praise and result. Or when I'm feeling all alone and I feel like God has left me. Remember back, when did I see and experience God's presence in my life? And rejoice. So whenever we find ourselves in circumstances, we're, we're going back and thinking, wait a minute. Yes, my thoughts right now are taking me one space, but I know God actually has been present in all these spaces in the past in my life, and I can rejoice in that. And he also goes on and he says this, he says, remember whatever you're going through that the Lord is where? Did you catch it? The Lord is near. That no matter what we're going through, no matter where we are, whatever you're thinking, whatever you're struggling with, he says, remember that the Lord is near. Hold that close in your thoughts and prayerfully then submit your thoughts only unto God. You know, I find in my life that I think a lot of thoughts. Anybody with me? I mean, I, I mean, right now you may not be thinking a lot, like I'm thinking I wish this sermon would get over. But, you know, I, quickly, but I'm, I'm just saying, you know, when we think thoughts, we oftentimes, we have lots of them going. But a lot of times those thoughts, some of them, you know, when things are going well, it's pretty easy, we just kind of move through them. But when our thoughts go to a bad space, or a negative space, or an overwhelmed space, or an anxious space, they have a way of domineering. They become dominant and they can control us, right, in some negative ways. And what I find in myself is we need space to bring our thoughts, to evaluate them, to get them back in right alignment because otherwise they just kind of run. And I think that's one of the reasons why a quiet time is really important. And like, for instance, in the morning for me, it's a, it's a great place where I come and I read my Bible and I do my devotional time, but I pray. Now, I don't know about you, but when I start praying, it's amazing how many other thoughts come to mind at that moment than just praying. All of a sudden, all the people that ticked me off, all the places I'm worried and stressed out, all these things are running through my mind, all the things I got to do for the day. And see, that's a gift, because when those things start coming, I start saying, wait a minute, let's stop and pray through those things that are coming to reset my mind to make sure it's in right alignment with the way Jesus wants me to be thinking about that particular thing, rather than saying, i got to get rid of that thought so I can think holy things. Folks, holiness is wherever God's present, and so we bring him into those moments. So I just want to encourage us, make space. And if it's at the end of the day for you, that's okay too. It may be a reflective time. I think that's God, God gave us the Sabbath. I don't think Sunday was just for NFL football or K-State or KU basketball, right? I don't think that was it. I don't think it's even just to come to church on Sunday. I think it was a space. We weren't just up to work, but we were to stop our minds and reflect back on our thoughts and get them realigned as we step into the week so that we can live our best selves. 
So I think it's really important that we're always trying to seek the mind of Christ. We need to make space so we can intentionally reshift our thoughts and get them aligned with what God would want us to do. Because I don't know about you, but I find whatever I think is what I kind of become. If I think happy and good thoughts about somebody, I seem to treat them differently than if I think negatively about them. Or I think they don't like me. Or I'm upset with them. If I ponder that thought, it will alter the way in which I respond to them. You find that true in your own life? And that could be the way with any thought. That we want our thoughts to be shaped in a way that honors and glorifies God. And if you think about it, just think back to some of the biblical examples. For instance, um, Judas, his thoughts got so focused on money all the time, right? He was always, how can I make money? So we find in the scriptures, he started dipping into the offering, so to speak, we find that Judas, when it came to the option that he could sell Jesus for so many pieces of silver, he made a decision, and it took him to a negative place. He betrayed Jesus, and then he regretted it, and it, it just wrecked his life. Or you think of Saul in the Old Testament. Saul had, was the king, and he had a young man named David that was rising up in leadership, and he was so paranoid that Saul was going to take over his kingdom that he spent his whole time in leadership chasing after this young man to try to destroy him. And this young man's heart was never to do that. And it wrecked his life. Martha, you know, she was, um, it, she was a, a follower of Jesus, but she tended to get so stressed with all the worries of life and anxiety that she had a really hard time sitting down when Jesus was present and listening because she had so many things she had to do. So, folks, we all find ourselves in the space. We want to try to modify and to put ourselves in places where we have space to renegotiate our thoughts, to move them in a positive way. And where they're out of alignment, we can spend some time and say, God, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm out of alignment here. Help me shift that into a way, because I really want to think the way you want me to think about this particular thing or situation. Now, the second thing Paul does here that I think is helpful in helping us reset is this, that we conform then our thoughts now, in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, Paul wrote these words, which was actually part of our call to worship this morning. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is good, pleasing, and perfect will. So he said, don't go out to the internet to figure out how to think. You know, a lot of times we say, what should I think about this? So we go figure it out on the internet, right? And it tells you what to think. Well, he says, don't go doing that. Don't go follow what the world tells you to do. Say, Lord, I really want your mind about this. And I want, help me mold my mind to be in alignment with you. Because I don't know about you, but I, I, I can't even fathom how big God is. I mean, have you ever thought about it? It's kind of one of those mind-blowing things. I mean, to think about God who created everything there is and all there is, and I just can't even wrap my mind around that. But I hope in my heart of hearts that, Lord, I do want to, I just want to be in alignment that you can flow through me like you want to. Um, and, and I think that just, I, let my thoughts be in alignment with you what you want. And Jesus modeled this as he came. I mean, as he came to earth, he modeled for this idea of conforming his thoughts because he, his first his mind was bowed down to what the Father wanted him to be about. If you think about you guys know this story probably quite well when Jesus was 12 and he was in the temple talking with religious leaders, right? And his parents had 
headed home. Jesus was supposed to be with them, but he didn't get on the caravan with them, and they had to come back and looking for their kid. I don't know if any of you parents have ever had to try to find your kid. When you told them to be a certain place and they weren't where they were told to be. Anybody been there and a little, I mean, you were just so happy, right? Um, but they come back and they talk to Jesus and they say, what were you doing? And Jesus said, I must be about what? My father's business. It's about what my father wants. That's what I want to be about. It also, we find Jesus modeled that he then aligned and bent his thoughts to the fathers. Because if you look at it, when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, we know again this very well, but as he is there and he's saying, I really don't want to go to the cross and die. But Jesus said, Lord, not my will, but thine be done. Lord, I want to do it this way. I want to be this way, but Lord, I will shift, align, abend to be in alignment with you. I mean, even when Satan tempted him, he always went back to the word and he said, here's what the Bible said, here's what God says. And I want, so, so when he was tempted, he said, I'm not going to follow what everybody tells me I should do that's just going to work for me. I want it to line up with what the Holy Spirit is leading, what God's word is saying, what, the, what God is speaking into my heart. And he really sought God's mind for not only himself, how he should live, but also how he should see other people. You know, I don't know about y'all, but I find myself periodically as I see people on the street and run into things, uh, or drivers on the road, I can get a lot of thoughts about people. And I have a lot of thoughts about people. And you know what? I can run with those thoughts. But you know what? I also find that I need to submit those thoughts for y'all. Lord, am I seeing them the way you see them? Am I, Lord, I want to see them the way you see them. I want to shape my mind to be, even if I don't agree with them, help me see them the way you do because they're your child. So I think where Jesus did that, he modeled that well. When he saw the crowds, he said he was full of compassion for them. When he saw the outcast, he, he responded in ways that was different than normal people did, but that's because he was always trying to bend his will and his mind to line up with what God wanted. And Paul went on and he said these things in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. He says, we demolish arguments in every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So when we're conforming our thoughts, Paul says, the way you do it is you've got to take your thoughts captive. Now, how many of you have ever played baseball? How many of you are good at baseball? <laughs> I, I'm not, so just saying. But I, I, but I don't even like to play it, right? And so when you hit the ball, it goes out into the outfield. What's the objective? If you're out in the outfield, catch it, right? You catch it, and then what do you do with it? You throw it. You put it somewhere, right? So what the image I wish use with this particular verse is take captive. That when a thought's coming at you, you catch it. Now, they're green light thoughts, right? It's like, that's perfectly good, you know? So that thought, this is not going to work well with a baseball analogy unless you're a bad baseball player, but the thought comes and you just kind of, yeah, just kind of let it go on through. It's, it's okay, right? But you have those other thoughts that come at us, and we periodically, we need to catch the thought, and we just need to look at it. Now, some of those are like red, and you go, whoa, bad thought, right? Right back to where it came. On the other hand, you have those thoughts that are more like yellow thoughts, like, I need to spend a little time with this one. 
you know, like right now, I'm just really worried and stressed out. That may be an indication or I'm anxious about life. Those things come. But it also is a great gift because it says, okay, I need to spend some time praying about that. How do I let go of this and give it to God rather than worrying, worrying, worrying because my worry isn't fixing it? I'm getting out of sorts. My life is feeling wrecked right now and I'm so stressed out. And how, Lord, can I be at peace with this? I want you to help me shape my heart to line up with your thought about the situation that I'm worrying about. There can be moments we think about those and reflect on those and let them work. So I think taking every thought captive, and Paul says in that passage we read in the Philippians, here's what he says, how we evaluate the thoughts when they come at us. This is really helpful. He says, when you catch it, figure out, is it true? Is it a true thought? Is it in alignment with God's character and God's word? Is, is it who God says you are? Is it who God says he wants you to be and how he wants you to think about other people? And is it in alignment? Is it a true thought? Or is it false or somewhat deceived? We need to evaluate it. We also need to see, is it noble? Now, the word noble here means ultimately honest. Is it honest? Am I, am I really wanting the best? Do I really want God's best in this thought? Or do I want what I want? I need to get honest about it. There are times I've told God, to be honest, I've had some thoughts, I know this is not a God thought. And I've said, God, I really want to think this right now. I'm just going to be honest about it. I want to sit with this and ponder it a while. I like it. In fact, I really wish you would just grant me this. Thankfully, God has not in many cases. But I think we need to get honest about it. Do I really want God's opinion on this or not? It, is it right and just? Does it reflect the righteousness of God and the justice, justice of God? Is it pure? It, meaning, is it set apart unto God? Is it really a thought God would have me be thinking about? Or and it, does it line up with God's character? Again, is it lovely? I had, I had a person back when I was a young person that used to say, are you having stinking thinking? Maybe you've heard that term before. Is it a stinky thought? You all know what stinky is, right? You just go, Ugh, wow, yuck. And when you get, think that thought, you go, that isn't, I don't think that's resoundingly sweet-smelling to God right now. And if it's not, then I probably need to remove it. Is it admirable? Meaning, if I was to see someone else thinking that thought, I'd go, wow, that is a good thought. I wish I was thinking like that. Or is it something that we would be embarrassed by? Or is it an excellent thought? High road thinking. So evaluate those thoughts that you catch, not the green thoughts that go on through, but those yellowish thoughts that you're pondering. Now, hopefully the red thoughts we've just stopped, but the yellow ones we're pondering and evaluate them prayerfully before God, and then reset our mind to get in alignment with what God wants us to think. I want my mind to align with Jesus about how God sees me, how I see others, how I see my world and God, and then how do I conform my thoughts about myself, my situation, my world. And Lord, I want to be in alignment. Now here's the final thing Paul says. Paul says, if our mind, here's the gift, if our minds get aligned properly and our thought lives get aligned properly, then Paul gives a promise. He says, if we keep our thoughts centered in Christ, he says this, then the peace of God 
will guard your heart and mind as they are in Christ. I don't know about y'all, but how many of you want peace? Peace. Now, that doesn't mean we don't have struggle. That doesn't mean we don't have strife and we don't have stuff going on. But it means when it is, there's an underlying sense that it's somehow all going to work out. God has got this. That as I'm, as I'm thinking through this, that I don't know how it's all going to pan out. I don't know how to work through it. I don't know. But as I'm laying it before God, as I'm seeking God's mind, as I'm conforming my mind, that, and I'm really trying to align this with the Lord, that there is a peace that God's got it and is going to work out all the pieces as they need to work out. Rather than feeling like I have to control it and manage it. So this morning, I just want to invite us to make sure we're taking some space to evaluate our thoughts and that we find that when we do, we're going to experience our best selves. We're going to experience the best in being ourselves into the world for not only God, but for others as they experience the love and the grace of God.